Now more than ever, people are focused on getting and staying healthy. Much more than primary care, PartnerMD provides affordable, individualized concierge care to help you make the most of your health without all the hassles of traditional health care. With highly trained physicians, medically advanced testing, and virtually no waiting, PartnerMD is better health care for an even better you. Visit PartnerMD.com to learn more. Bet MGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code CHAMPION200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 money line wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run, regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with Bet MGM's daily promotions at your fingertips all season long. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CHAMPION200 to win $200 when you bet $10 on an MLB game and either team hits a home run. Sign up today and find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-532-3500. All right, 86 Boxing here, Joshua, along with Slavin of Boxing Haven. How's it going, everyone? We're back again. Another episode. We're here to discuss some boxing. First and foremost, how's it been going out your way, Slavin? Is it uh, snowing out there right now? Well, no, not right now, but we had a lot of snow recently. Yeah. <laughs> Good to go. I don't know yeah. if you noticed, but we got about a foot here in D.C. Uh, I ended up uh, getting a foot, and then it didn't snow for a couple of days, and then we got a few more inches, you know. But that's the type yeah. of stuff to shut down traffic here. We were gridlocked <laughs> and all of that stuff. Yeah, those kind of, uh, how do you call those cars, snow, snow plug. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a busy time. <laughs> yeah, yes. indeed. Indeed. So welcome, though. But yeah, definitely um, glad to be back in the mix here to talk some boxing again. I know we had a long period where we weren't able to link up. So this is a good opportunity to check out what's going on in the world of boxing, where we stand currently, what's on tap, and we'll take it from there. But definitely there's some pretty good fights that are lined up for 2022. I know Zone released a big catalog of fights that they are planning and then there are some others the first one of course being this coming weekend or the 15th that is i believe and that's joe smith jr and what we thought was going to be an excellent matchup with calum johnson but he is now taking on someone i know the last name is gerard and i'm not sure if i've actually witnessed this person fight before so it's a bit of a letdown in that sense, but that's kind of the nature of things here in light of COVID. So what do you expect from Joe Smith Jr. with this late replacement opponent? Well, what can you expect but a really dominant performance? And uh, I don't think it will go that far. Likely not past the fourth round, something like that. Because, yeah, I mean, I don't know this guy, of course, who does, right? But... Uh, Gerard or whatever his name, but 
He's go, already got two losses, and uh, yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a really good good fight yet. A true opponent, they say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you know, and his name is actually, I'm looking at it now, is Jeff Frard. So, oh, yeah, yeah definitely Jeff haven't Definitely haven't uh, heard or seen him fight, but... Yeah, I, I'm with you here. Looking at his resume, the name that I see that is a standout name in some sense is uh, Dennis Grachev. But that being said, yeah, Grachev has been past it, and he had a small, very quick run where yeah. he looked like he had the potential of maybe being someone special special or someone who could be a titleist who, who hung in there for a while, but he has mm. since um, gone pretty much downhill from there. And he won that fight by decision, and then he didn't win all the rounds, so if he had won all the rounds, so maybe I would say, alright, maybe he's really, you know, worth something, but you know, Grachev hasn't been really a prime fighter since maybe, I don't know, 2016 or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, and it's such a downfall for Grachev, as a matter of fact, as well, now that I'm looking at it, because I think the fight that kind of put him on the map, in a sense, is 2012 when he took out Ishmael Salah, yeah. who was expected to be someone good uh, or who had promise in the sport. But, um then he lost to Lucien Boutte, who we all know Boutte mm-hmm. was one of the top 168 pounders. And then from there, it's pretty much been downhill for him. He's now, yeah, he is <laughs> yeah, now up to 20 and 16, which is amazing. Yeah. He also beat this guy who was a uh, pretty good light heavyweight before. Uh, from Hungary, Joel Terdei, but he was not. Mm. He was, that was his last fight. So, and I think that fight was very, very close. You know. So, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I, oh yeah, I, yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was thirty-three and zero at the time. Yeah. So he used to be a WBO champion as well. This guy Erday. But that was his last fight. So you know, he was not prime anymore. And, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good to go. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So, so yeah, so Jeffrard, okay, standout win is Grachev. So yeah, I'm with you. I expect Joe Smith Jr. to come in there and pretty much dispatch of him, or at least dominate yeah. in some sense, because Joe Smith Jr. is one of those guys that we feel is right there as one of the top titleists at 175 pounds. And there are a number of matchups we'd like to see him in. This Caleb Johnson one was going to be a pretty decent one. But uh, mm. from here, we'll see where he goes. I understand, uh, you know, you put in all of that work and then, of course, for things to be derailed by COVID. So I understand them moving forward with the fight, you know, you because after all that time and the camp and the money involved, yeah. and it makes sense just to keep keep things rolling. Yeah, it would be even worse if it just all just, you know, fell through and he was like just back in the gym and uh, yeah, time wasted. <laughs> Good to yeah. go. Yeah, so so that's interesting. So now since we're on 175 pounds, that landscape is pretty much starting to heat up again, at least some of the discussions. We've got Dimitri Bivol who recently fought. 
I still have to see that fight. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but um, he did fight like two weeks ago. I know oh, he yeah. had a decision victory. I haven't well, checked it out as of yet. I didn't get to see it, no. But I expect that, you know, Bivo probably was uh, dominant yeah. as the boxer in the matchup, which he typically is. We all know that as far as the technical aspect, the tactician he is and, and how he brings oh. that to the forefront. He's someone who's actually been in with Joe Smith Jr. and pretty much outboxed Joe Smith Jr. for, I would say, about 10 out of the 12 rounds, 10 or 11 of the 12 rounds, to be act, to be to be honest. And Joe Smith Jr. ended up catching him with, with a big – I think it was a right hand, a big right hook that uh, had Dimitri Bivol pretty much on shaky leg. And you can tell he was hurt and he fought cautious uh, for the remainder of that. I think that happened late in the fight. So that's a potential rematch that could be somewhere in toe down the road. But I also know that Gilberto Ramirez is calling out Dimitri Bivol. He wants that to be his next fight. And considering both of them recently fought, all signs mm. seem to be to- pointing towards that being viable in some sense. Yeah, those would be really good fights. I mean, both <laughs> would be really good fights, of course. And, uh, I mean, uh, Joe Smith has that power, of course, which makes him so dangerous. And he always has that conscious chance, of course. But Bivol is really probably technically the most talented light heavyweight right now. So he's the one that I give best best chances to beat uh, Better Biev. So, yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, of course, apart from Canelo Alvarez, I guess, but he's no longer, he's not really a light heavyweight, is he? So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that is true. Um, yeah, and, and I'm with you there. I have uh, regarded Dimitri Bivol, excuse me, in many years as being the top light heavyweight out there. That being said, I think that's sort of interchangeable with uh, Better Biev, and and if you view him as the number one light heavyweight, I think that's legitimate as well. And uh, I kind of lean towards that in the last few years because Dimitri Bivol, he started out on a, a hot streak as far as activity, but he started to slow down activity-wise here over the last few years. Uh, and, and I don't know, it's a multitude of things, the pandemic and all of that, I expect, but um, it's good just to see him fight again, you know, because he was fighting at a higher pace, you know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I mean, the guy he beat last, he was pretty good uh also, fighter, I mean, Salamov, Umar Salamov, that was, uh, mm. I know of him, and he only had one loss, I think, yeah, that was previous. Oh, yeah. A tall guy, you know, uh, who could, could hit also, who can hit, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Umar I'm seeing Salam. here. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that is seems like that is a pretty good win. I need to uh, actually check that out as mentioned. So uh, I look yeah. forward to doing that. But yeah, that is definitely a good one. Now, um, I know Joe Smith Jr. has said that he wants to, you know, build his legacy. So he's willing to get in there with anyone. Of course, a fight that I think that the boxing public would enjoy is Joe Smith Jr. versus Arthur Betavia. Now yeah. that one <laughs> sort of fireworks from the on paper, at least it would be fireworks. Yeah, true war, like, yeah, barn burner <laughs> type, yeah. 
that would be a really I think of course uh Beterbiev would <laughs> you have to have him as a favorite of course but uh, yeah but you know knowing how hard Smith can punch anything is possible of course so yeah that is true we do know that uh Beterbiev is a beast uh, without undoubtedly he's yeah. a beast but that being said Caleb Johnson was able to catch him and drop him so Joe exactly. Smith Jr. carries and packs more power than Caleb Johnson, with yeah. Caleb, without a doubt. So that makes it very interesting. I mean, he's hardly been in there with someone apart from Johnson, maybe, uh, who really is a really a thunderous puncher, better be, you know. And because uh, the guys he beat are were mostly, you know, sort of more like maybe boxers rather than punchers, I would say. Yeah. And, Yeah, like mostly European style fighters and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is uh true. So I guess um taking that into consideration, um his last fight was against Marcus Brown, wow. who's a pretty interesting guy who was, who was a very good boxer, you know. I know he was an yeah. Olympian or at least uh alternate. I can't remember if he was alternate if he actually fought in the Olympics, but I know he was at that level, the elite level guy in terms of uh, boxing skill and better be of just assistively systematically broke him down, which shows that his shows his prowess. I mean, he is such a yeah. sort of demanding, damning fighter in a sense that there is, it, it, nothing seems to stop him. And uh, it'll be interesting if, fireworks or someone who could crack as much as Joe Smith Jr. catches him. It'll be interesting to see how he recovers from that. Yeah, I mean, he's like the hunter, you know. Beterbiev is, he doesn't stop until you, he has destroyed you. And uh, he doesn't come, come in to win on points, that's for sure, you know. So it's Without like... Without a doubt. Uh, yeah, he's a mean fighter, <laughs> simply put. Yeah, without a doubt, um, and and I think that uh, makes it all the more interesting. So, so yeah, we've uh, discussed that, and we did bring up Canelo. So, of course, now the Canelo sweepstakes seems to be heading towards him fighting uh, cruiserweight Mubaku or uh, whatever his name is from South Africa. Uh, yeah, Macabu. But, but his name, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. But his name is being thrown out there with others, which is always yeah. the case. Uh, of course, uh, we have the likes of uh, David Benavidez, better be yeah. whether he'll go to 175. Plus, there's even talk of uh, I know Michael Coppinger released his top 10 fights of 2022, uh, and I think the second fight he had on there is Canelo versus Triple G. Now, let's pause here for a minute. I want to get your thoughts on that because I, for one, I and uh, it may be sort of me being a bit harsh, but I feel like the ship has somewhat sailed on that fight because Canelo's been very active and he's looked great, and Triple G hasn't been as active. He, he will have only fought once in 2021, and that was earlier in the year when he beat Sarah's Meta. And he is, an, of course, opponent the caliber of Canelo. So I think that the ship has somewhat sailed and the fight would likely be at 168 pounds because I think Canelo has no intentions of going back to 160. And it really probably doesn't make much sense for him to do so. 
So what are your thoughts on Canelo Triple G3? Is that a fight you want to see, and do you think it would deliver like the first two? No, on both counts, I really don't want to see that because I think at this stage, Triple G is simply uh, too spent as a fighter, and he will most likely get stopped in that fight. I, I believe the chances are really, really high for that fight. And I, yeah, I mean, maybe he could still put up some sort of a decent uh, fight, but uh, I just don't see him really having a chance to win at all, you know. And uh, if he wasn't able to get a decision in one of those first two fights, how, how the hell is gonna? Is he gonna get one now? Like at, at thirty nine, almost forty, you know, he's gonna be yeah. forty in April, I believe. So wow, yeah, it's just uh, something that I don't want to see happen. But if, yeah, I mean, who knows? They might make it happen. Of course, it's all about the the money and the big names. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, Canelo it's- winning that that trilogy. That's the point, I I believe, the main. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you there. And now that I look at it, I actually pulled up Triple G. So that Sarah's Meta fight was actually December 18th of 2020. For some reason, I thought it was 2021. So it will have been over a year, well over a year. Should they even get in the ring together, it would have been well over a year by the time that happens. If you take... Canelo's schedule, especially if he's going to fight uh, the cruiserweight, then mm. Canelo would then fight in September of this year at <clears throat> his current pace of two fights a year on uh, Cinco de Mayo and um, Mexican Independence Day. So mm. that would mean that Triple G will have been almost two years without a uh, actual fight. And I think that would proved to be pretty interesting considering prior to that was this Derevianchenko fight, which was a close fight, an action fight, which was in October of 2019. So I don't see that boding well for Triple G at all, uh, now that you think about it. <laughs> no, no, no. And he will be 40 by then, of course. And I mean, he's still a tough guy, I guess, but, uh, you know, to be to have to take that those punches for like eight, nine, or ten rounds, I, I'm sure sooner or later he will like have to, you know, give in and get stopped. Something, yeah, most likely. Yeah, and Triple G was supposed to fight here this past December, and I remember they were having that chatter in early January of last year where he was supposed to take on Ryota Murata. In Japan, I believe, uh, and that that ended up being derailed by COVID. Yeah, that was a big pity. Yeah, yeah. I just wanna wanna mention one fight that actually was supposed to happen next weekend. That that was uh, that fell through. That was Tony Yoka versus Martin Bacoli. Bacoli. So that was a really pity because I was looking forward to that fight because. uh, they say that this guy, Bacoli, is a pretty good... Uh, I mean, he did lose once to Michael Hunter. But that was a cut stoppage. Oh, so okay. He's a very big guy also who can punch. and uh, So that was a pretty dangerous fight for Yoka. But now it's fell through and who knows 
if it will happen again. I mean, we rescheduled. I don't see. Okay. Yeah, oh. interesting. Interesting. Yeah, Yoka is one of those uh, sort of up and coming heavyweights, I guess. He's, yeah. I don't know if he'd be considered a prospect or whatever. I think he's a little bit past that stage in some sense. And well, he's one of those guys who has a lot of potential to be yeah. sort of in that mix here in the future. So he's getting got, more eyes on him is a good thing, of course. He's got 11 fights so far. I mean, as a pro, so you might even call him a prospect. I don't know. But, uh, well, yeah, he, he's 29 years old. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would really have liked to see that fight because he hasn't really been properly tested yet. I mean, his last fight when he fought that Croatian guy, Milas, he was being Peter out, outboxed for like six rounds. And then then Milas, he tired and because he hadn't been fighting for two years, you know, before that, he just yeah. tired and he was taken out simply, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I remember us having a discussion about that. Milos did look good, and uh, he moves well for a heavyweight. And as a matter of fact, he seems like uh, you know he could be a bridger weight, potentially even or a cruiser weight, just given yeah, his sort like, of makeup. He's he wasn't a huge guy uh, no, overall, no. and he moves very well. He's six four, and I think I I was actually watching a fight. Uh, on Instagram while Alan Babich and he was mm-hmm. like showing it, <laughs> streaming it. And he said he, he had sparred Milos and he thought that he weighed like 220 or something. No, oh, so okay. He's 6'4". So, okay. Yeah. He's okay, not good small, but he's not, no, no, he's not a big heavyweight by today. Yeah, yeah. He, he's just not one of those guys with a lot of mass, it seems yeah. like. Uh, I guess he, he kind of has a... Uh, has one of those uh, bills that it seems that, yeah, he could go down a little bit lower in weight. But, of course, I'm sure that two-year layoff played a role in yeah. why he sort of gassed there towards the middle and tail end of the fight yeah. or the stoppage, at least. I really don't know why they just, right away, they gave him that fight. I mean, instead, they should have just first let let him fight someone lower level than like some guy that he could have beaten easier, of course. <laughs> and then, yeah. Well, but now was he with? Was, yeah, he wasn't with Frank Warren, is he? No, I guess. Yeah, right. he's with Frank Warren. That oh, he was, is with Frank Warren. That was a major blunder by Warren. Yeah, yeah a lot of uh, Warren's uh, sort of top dogs have uh, taken some uh, L's here over the last yeah. year or two. <laughs> yeah, except for Tyson Fury. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fury, yeah, still out there. But Frank yeah. Day, he's not afraid to put him in there and uh, get them tested, which I think is a yeah. good thing, of course. So we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, Yoka, but I think there are a lot of good uh, potential matchups uh, that are out there for him. Even yeah. the likes of uh, F.A. Ajagba, who is who will be coming off of a loss, but it'll be interesting to see how he rebounds from that loss to Frank Sanchez, who has shown mm. that he is pretty much a very good heavyweight, not one of the more exciting ones, uh, Frank Sanchez, yeah. but we'll see if he's going to be a real player at that sort of title level. He doesn't seem to really have that big punch, I would say. Sanchez, maybe not, but he's a pretty good boxer. All I mean, yeah, rather complete. Otherwise, I would say, 
and uh, he's a yeah, yeah, yeah. strong guy, obviously quite big built. Like. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. So he is certainly. I, I think that him and uh, Alexander Usyk would be a good sort of technical matchup. You know, just yeah, looking definitely. at it from a skill for skill standpoint. I think that would bring out the best of each at heavyweight, but the likelihood of that happening, I'm not sure if that's even remotely on the radar, considering we know that. The I didn't realize you liked me that way deal, because it's one thing to receive McDonald's, but an entirely other thing to know that they woke up early to face the world and bring you McDonald's breakfast still hot in the bag. Appreciate you. There's a deal for every morning. Now grab two loaded sausage burritos for only three bucks. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. The future will be amazing. And that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400 horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Usyk is only looking to unify or become undisputed, so he's really pushing for that Tyson Fury fight. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I was just distracted by a message. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> it's all good. But, um, yeah, speaking of that, so Tyson Fury, Usyk. Yeah. The, thought, the, the, the question is whether that will be next. I know that Fury seemingly wants uh, the winner of Joshua Usyk, that being said, or the the second fight if they were to have it. So I've heard different things thrown out there in terms of uh, uh, step aside money for Dillian White. I know Dillian White wants his title defense, and he's really been aiming aiming at it for oh, a yeah. few years now. So maybe <laughs> yeah. that's next for Tyson Fury. What do you think of that, White versus Fury? Yeah, I would like to see that. And I think White really now has been waiting for so long for it to get yeah. it. A major fight like a title shot and that would be fair I think also for him and yeah I would really like to see it and it's not a totally safe fight for Fury either because uh, yeah Julian White uh, well I mean we all know that it's pretty hard to knock out Fury maybe impossible yeah he does have some serious power and uh, but he also can box, I mean, when needed, <laughs> at least. Yeah. So he's a rather strong, tough guy who likes to also get a little rough. So he would make a good match for Fury. Yeah, yeah I, I think so as well. You know, I, I see, you know, a lot of the uh, chatter on social media, they kind of count him out. And I know he has sort of a smuggish type attitude in yeah. some instances. He probably rubs people the wrong way, similar to uh, Carl Frotch in some sense. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I know that's one of the reasons behind it, but I do think that he is a viable opponent for Tyson Fury and at least for, you know, thinking about his power and how he sometimes, you know, lets his guard down to throw shots. I think he would have at the very least make it very interesting for Fury who, We've seen, you know, if he is caught with the right punch, he will go down. Uh, yeah. So I think that yes. makes it interesting for Dillian White. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that I can see Fury, uh, as I said before, getting stopped if he was put down, you know, many times. I mean, enough times. And then if that guy could uh, come up with a follow-up that was good enough to, you know, enforce a stoppage. But Wilder was not able to do that, of course, simply. So he was never able to really follow his knockdowns up so well. I mean... And, uh, yeah, Fury came back always, and yeah, simple as that. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. true. You got to be smart. I mean, you got to know when to to pull the tr- trigger, when to step back, you know, and wait for your chance and when to attack. And, yeah. That's yeah, and it. I think the issue for Wilder was, you know, in every other fight when he dropped opponents with some of those same shots, you know, he was able to just finish them right then and there. But in this case, Fury, in this fight, as well as the first fight, he got back up and he came back bombing himself. Yeah, he came back with a a Fury. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. He came back with a Fury. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Because, you know, he was like, he grew up fighting, you know, with that, uh, his background, you know, his travel oh, yeah. background, they all fight like like almost immediately after they learn to walk, like almost. <laughs> <laughs> so they it's that that's why maybe they develop some sort of a, a natural uh, uh, resilience, you know, to yeah. getting hit. And, you know, and, but it's also about the mentality, I think, a, a big part of it, you know. I think... I, I don't remember who said it. I know one guy said not so long ago, a famous, maybe ex-boxer. He said, I think in like 90% almost or 80% of the times when people get knocked down in fights, they can't get up, but they don't always, you know, because yeah. they don't want to get up. <laughs> so that's important. Yeah, because they know what's coming, you know, that, that yeah. mental piece of it. Yeah, and Tyson Fury seems to have a great mental makeup. He's always been a confident fighter, and that's been since the jump. And I think that, hey, he's gone in there and proved it with his fist. You know, even I had to come to that realization myself because at first I thought that, yeah, his uh, bark may have been a little bit more than the bite, but it turns out the bite is actually bigger than the bark. So, I have nothing but props for him, and I do think he's the uh, top heavyweight out there, and he deserves to be the favorite over anyone. And he's even in that pound-for-pound contention. Uh, Many have him in their top ten pound-for-pound, and why not? Because looking at the landscape, who can you legitimately say can or will beat Tyson Fury at this particular stage? And, And while we have a great crop of heavyweights, and I think that, you know, the competition is well above what it was for there in the early 2010s, late 2000s. Yeah. Uh, I still think he is the top dog. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think right now, uh, before I said that I could only see Joshua beating him, but no, no, not anymore. I think now maybe only Usyk might be the one right now because... Because of his uh, boxing skills and his toughness and all that, you know, he's hard also. 
Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I, I think that uh, I'm with you there as well. Joshua seems to it, – it seems that in some fights, strategy-wise, um, the approach is a little bit off. Like in his fight with Usyk, you know, I thought he would have yeah. probably been better served being more of the aggressor, but he actually was trying to box with Usyk. And, of course, you're not going to yeah. win that battle with a guy like Usyk. No. And I think that's kind of the thing that has put Joshua in trouble at times. And so I'm with you there. He, I don't think he can outbox Tyson Fury. So no. his only shot would be able would be him sort of using his muscle. And that would take him coming in with a more aggressive mentality. Yeah, and that would also leave him more exposed for a counter punch. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for one thing that first his fight really changed Joshua as a fighter. Yeah, and, uh, it really did something to his whole uh, like uh, how do you say it confidence and uh, yeah, the way he kind of looked at himself as this almost invincible destroyer. You know, like. Mm-hmm. And uh, that fight really kind of made him see, oh no, I'm just another guy, you know, I can get knocked out just like anybody else. So, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the problem is, as I said before, I don't know if I told you this, but there is another guy. Yeah, I told you yeah, that's right. <laughs> another Croatian, uh, a minor fighter who has part with Joshua, and okay, he, he said that he actually has three different trainers. So, <laughs> oh yeah, 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 <laughs> and they all kind of—they don't really agree that much. They tell him different things, you know. They react differently to his sparring and all that, you know. So one said like that's very good. Another one said, "Oh, not so good." <laughs> you know, that's yeah, really yeah, weird. and you know, and yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, and I guess that kind of ties to. Sort of as of late, Joshua has been traveling around seemingly on a trainer hunt, looking for, I guess, a yeah. new trainer. And he's been to a lot of places. I don't know whether, he, whether he's settled on anyone yet or not, but it'll be interesting to see who he ultimately settles with, uh, because I think that would be a huge difference in how this this half of his career sort of finishes out. Yeah, I think also now we have a little less less great trainers than we did like uh, 10, 15 years ago. You know, Manny Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> and the main reason, you know, why Sugar Hill is so, has been so successful with Fury is that he learned from his uncle, you know, like Manny Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was, you know, that was it, so... There are there simply aren't that many really really good, uh, I would say, trainers right now. Yeah, seldom gets any better than learning from the great, uh, yeah, many stewards. So yeah, I think yeah, if you think about those out there, yeah, he's definitely one of them. And you know, and stuff that I've read and seen is you know the saying is yeah. that you know to be a good trainer or at least some of the good trainers they learn from someone who was uh, regarded as one of those good trainers. And I yeah. Freddie Roach is one of those learning from Eddie yeah. Futch, of course. Uh, then you have was, some other guys who are out there like Nacho Berenstein. He's, well, yeah. he's getting a bit up there in age and everything. And Roach, and, and you I have was going to say, Roach, I don't think, I don't know if he, how much he, 
he trains right now. I mean, because yeah. he's, he's been uh, kind of struggling with his health. I, I yeah, think. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and he, he uh, you know, he has shown to be the type of guy who uh, who um, can take uh, fighters who are, are already at sort of, of stature and all that stuff and kind of yeah. try and tweak their game a little bit. So mm-hmm. that's someone like uh, Joshua, uh, another good trainer. I think uh, I think Robert uh, Garcia is a, yeah. a very decent trainer just from an overall mm-hmm. perspective. He, he's more offensive based. A lot of his fighters, you know, you, you see their offensive output yeah. change. Um, and I do think, and I've mentioned this, I like the work that, so far, at least, that Andy Lee is doing with uh, Joseph Parker, you know, and I think I think that's a that's a good example, at least how Joseph Parker has looked offensively. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, and we, we've always talked about he's such a nice guy. I think that he had the chance to really take someone out and hurt him. Chisora, for example, in this last fight, he, he yeah. really kind of let him off the hook a bit. But I think that he's looked good thus far with the changes that are the subtle changes I've seen under Andy Lee. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, he's been looking improved now. And uh, yeah, I, I think Andy Lee, he, he was of course as a boxer himself, pretty good technician and all that. And uh, yeah. 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 He was, and he could punch, you know, so yeah, I he think could punch. So he has a lot to learn. I mean, to teach his friends. Yeah. 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 So, and, and yeah. that, and that, and that's actually something that uh, I feel Anthony Joshua could uh, benefit from as well. Just thinking about his makeup and all of that stuff. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you have was, to think that he's he, he's a, a he's definitely a strong guy, but you know, he's yeah. not really necessarily a puncher in that sense. Uh, no, that's, uh, that yeah. being added to his game, that could be you know a game changer. Yeah. Yeah, I think when I was watching Joshua's first lo- first pro fight, I didn't see that like uh, live more or less. <laughs> so I, yeah. I I remember he was throwing a lot in the first round, but th- that guy was going nowhere. Like was like this guy doesn't <laughs> have much power, you know. And then he later started knocking on everybody. I was like, what? What's going yeah. on? <laughs> it's <laughs> like weird, but yeah, I mean, it's more. He does have power, but I don't think he's the same kind of power as Wilder, for instance. Yeah, yeah, has. without a doubt. So it's not like he hits you once, boom, you you're gone. So yeah, it's yeah. Like he he learned how to put his punches together well, and you know all that. Without like, a doubt, yeah. If he had that Wilder one punch sort of knockout type of a. Uh, yeah, element to his game, then yeah, he'd be pretty much unstoppable. I would say, That's but he right. doesn't have that. <laughs> you saw that against against Klitschko. Also, I mean, he was he first yeah. pulled down, and I remember it was fifth round. I was thinking, all right, that's over now. You know, he's done. Yeah. And then the next round, he just bounces back. The old guy, you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down. And then yeah, and and in the end, I think. They were people were saying that fight got stopped a little too early, but that was the eleventh round. You know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was right uh, on cue. I think it was a good stoppage, and yeah. that was Joshua's uh, coming out party in a sense. Yeah, and uh, 
just seeing him go down, get up, then actually get that finish. That was, yeah. uh, that did good. I think that's what took him to that next level in terms of popularity right there. Yeah, I was going to say Klitschko never had a, a chin. So that's why, I mean, it's obvious that had Joshua really had that sort of power, you know, uh, one punch, then he would have finished him off like in the fifth round, very likely. Yeah. So, <laughs> simple as that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you there. Um, so yeah, that does make it uh make it fairly interesting. Um, that that fact that uh yeah he's on this training search and we'll see what stems from it. And I know that there's also been chatter of Wilder what he does next. I think the Fury thing should be put to bed. Fury has proved that he's the better man without a doubt, but there's still some interesting fights out there to be made with Wilder. I'm interested yeah. in the Ruiz fight. Uh, even a fight with Joshua, you know, uh, or Dillian White, though that one might not happen. Uh, but, yeah, that's I think he has some opportunities out there. That would pretty, be pretty ugly. I mean, like, pretty fight yeah. stuff <laughs> would get yeah. uh, really, really ugly, I think. But, yeah, that, that also <laughs> would be very exciting. I mean, because, of course, Wilder doesn't really have the same chin as Fury, so we know he can get knocked out. I mean, yeah, you know, like it doesn't take that much, you know, to knock him out anyway. So I think White would definitely have a better chance in that fight and then against Fury. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you there. And um, I think that, uh, yeah, each of them, you know, has the opportunity to stop the other in that fight, which makes it. Yeah. An interesting matchup for sure. Yeah, that's right. And Wilder, of course, can knock out White as well, as we know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we saw what happened to White in, against Povetki in the first fight. So, <laughs> we know he yeah. can get <laughs> knocked out. Yeah. And, you know, and that's one of the things. It's uh, it's about how you come back from a fight. And, and, and White yeah. has bounced back from knockout losses, uh, yeah. Unquestionably, Both. and he, he he doesn't he doesn't let he doesn't let them phase him. So I think that's a good thing. So I think he has that metal yeah. as far as uh being able to bounce back from something like that. So too much pride, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 without a doubt. So it'll be interesting. I feel like Wilder should be able to bounce back from this uh fury knockout in in this last fight considering yeah. he, he went through the other two fights with Fury. And, you know, they were very demanding fights. You know, they took yeah. a lot out of uh, each of the fighters. The last one being the one with the most back and forth uh, from yeah. an overall perspective. So yeah, I think that I mean, bodes well. Get knocked out. I mean, to be stopped, like, in seven rounds, that's all right. But <laughs> to be knocked out, like, in the 11, that's, that can really damage a fighter, you know. like yeah. So I I don't know, he might have taken some damage from that, but that will be shown when he steps into the ring again. And of course, I hope he hasn't taken too much damage. Or so because that can be always dangerous if he should get knocked out again. You know? So, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. And he's also now like getting on in age a bit, like thirty six. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He he is uh getting up there. Yeah. Uh without a doubt. So yeah, he has uh probably a few good fights left in him. We'll see yeah. how it goes. 
Uh, I wanted to, since we're still in the heavyweight division, were you able to check out that knockout of Luis Ortiz over Charles wow. Martin? <laughs> that was pretty nice. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was actually a pretty good fight, and I thought yeah. that Martin, prior to that, was uh, winning the fight, and I had yeah. even tweeted out a Martin for the win, you know, beforehand, and I thought that Martin would continue to get to Ortiz, who, for all intents and purposes, was really looking at his age those first few rounds. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did. He scored, uh, like, two knock, knockdowns, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. he was getting the best, I guess, of exchanges until the fifth round, maybe. I don't know, sixth, something like that. <laughs> sixth, maybe. I don't know. And, uh, but, you know, Ortiz has that power and uh, he's simply a beast, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to pull him away, you know, to. As well, as well, yeah. also knows himself pretty well. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Without a doubt. So yeah, it. Uh, let me see. When did this end? That was pretty weird. You know, he first got him, and then he kind of fell, but uh, bounced up again. But he was hurt, obviously, and turned his back. I think <laughs> that was pretty weird. I, yeah, he. I think he was out of his senses. He got hit so hard yeah. that uh, he uh, <laughs> probably <laughs> thought he was somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like what? What place is this? Like, and then the way his arm got hung in the ropes, uh, I know they were booing. The referee had to help him get out. That was one of those. Uh, you know, I was having oh, a discussion yeah. with my girlfriend about that. Like, does the referee help there, or does he leave him there to struggle with his arm stuck in the ropes trying to get up? <laughs> I think it's a, a judgment call, and uh, the ref actually helped him out. Uh, <laughs> but it was just interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, Martin, I mean, that fight show that he does, I mean, has some, yeah, he does have, yeah. have some worth in him as a fighter, but he perhaps should not fight any, I mean, at least not guys who can really hit that arm. And, and, and so, you know, I think he's pretty much done as a serious fighter, I would say, but he can yeah, still, yeah. still win against, like, you know, those guys like gatekeepers, maybe. or Like a Gerald Washington yeah, or that type. Eric Molina type of uh, fighter. Yeah, exactly. Like a B minus, something like that. Yeah, so he's, he, yeah, he's uh, very interesting. I thought he looked, uh, he's looked more improved over uh, his last several fights uh, compared to when we <clears> first <throat> saw him, especially when we first saw him against Joshua. But uh, yeah, you're right. I think that. You know, him getting that title was probably his only title sort of shot or chance yeah. at a title that when he was able to capture that one against that guy when he got hurt in the fight. So now, yeah, he just seems to be one of those guys primed for being an opponent for sort of those next level sort of step up heavyweights, you know. So he would yeah. be a guy interesting that would be interesting for the likes of a Tony Yoka or uh Philip uh Hergovich and, and and speaking of Hergovich uh the latest chatter has been individuals turning down fights with uh Hergovich Joseph Parker being one yeah. of them yeah yeah i think i mean people are he said that it was an an injury but it sounds like he doesn't really want to fight Hergovich and i can understand <laughs> that he's a really big guy and uh, he has 
he can box, he can punch, you know, and uh, he's and it's high risk, low reward for him. Yeah, at this stage, that's the that's the thing. He's not that well known still, I I believe. So, um, yeah, he's he's managed by Sauerland in Germany. So, you know, oh yeah, Sauerland, yeah. That's always a little bit tough when it comes to those nego- negotiations. And <laughs> yeah. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400-horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Yeah. So he said he's, uh, Herkovich, uh, him, I guess, in his camp, they said they're just going to keep going down the line looking for an opponent, which uh, I know he's eager to get back in there. At least we have a heavyweight who wants to fight, you know. And he seems yeah. to be all about that. So I do want to see him in there with one of the sort of fringe top-level guys. And Parker, you know, if him getting in with Parker, that would be, hey, right up there in the mix, you know, the yeah. top five five to seven heavyweights in the world. So that would have been a good look for him as far as him being ready to take that level of a fight right now. Yeah. It would be a really great challenge for him because Parker is uh, technically very sound and yeah, Mm -hmm. strong guy also, you know, he's not that big for a heavyweight of today, but anyway, and I think maybe, I mean, I would, of course, love to see Ergoch fight Yoka, actually, at one point. Because, as I said previously, they did fight in the Olympics. Mm. And that was a good fight. But uh, in the end, I believe Ergoch was stopped or, or did he lose on points? I'm not sure. That's... <laughs> but anyway, that was a pretty competitive fight, it seems, yeah. Okay. Okay, so, yeah, I think I do remember you mentioning that. So, yeah, that's yeah. good. That would be a good one, uh, him and uh, Hergovic. It'll be interesting yeah. to see if that can be made. Yeah, because Hergovic is much more like, uh, I mean, physically uh, his match than, uh, than Milas was, you know. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, love, yeah. You would love to get revenge, I, I bet, also. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and I'd like to see that because I think that sort of with this level of competition that uh, Herkovich has fought thus far, I think he's shown that, hey, he has something to him where he can step it up uh, yeah. even a bit more. So I think that would be good, him going against the likes of a Yoko or some of these other uh, sort of heavyweights that seem to have some type of uh, promise or whatever. I'd imagine a fight between him and uh, Daniel Dubois would be yeah. a very good one, just given uh, Daniel's or Triple D's sort of offensive uh, sort of focus at times, even though he's tried to clean up things since that defeat to Joe Joyce. But I think that that would make for an interesting fight, the two of them, though I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, not right now, anyway. <laughs> I think Dubois needs to uh, just get back on the right track first, and then he can think about challenging yeah. someone like Hergovich. Yeah. yeah, yeah. speaking of that, you know, uh, Joe Joyce, that's a name that I feel like yeah. I haven't heard anything about as of late, so I don't know what's going yeah. on. I don't know if you've heard anything or the like, what's the outlook for him. The juggernaut. Yeah. No, of course he, you know he he you know spent that time in the amateurs and he turned pro late, so yeah. his time is of the essence for him. So very late, one would think he would be uh, sort of in that mix. I know they were trying to fast track him, and he's looked like hey, he's ready for whatever. Pretty much yeah. at heavyweight at this point, it's just a matter of what can he feasibly get because I don't think a title shot is really in place or in line for him right now. It's kind of a yeah. kind of jam packed in a backlog yeah. as far as the title shots right now. So he's likely going to, if he wants to fight, at least going to have to fight someone who doesn't have a title. Yeah. I think he knows himself that he wouldn't really stand much chance against those guys like Fury and, and yeah, a few others. He's simply not good enough. I mean, he's too slow, first of all. He doesn't have that great footwork. So, uh, yeah. It's mostly that because of his chin and his size, and that he's still undefeated, you know. And, and his last fight against Carlos Takan was very good, but uh, he did take a lot of shots in the first three or four rounds. I did oh, yeah. see that fight. And then he suddenly just exploded and started. Hitting Takam, uh, was able Oh, yeah, to... I need to watch that. I, I saw that, yeah, yeah he yeah. pretty much um, kind of Very good laid fight. into him. Very good but fight. I, do need to, I do need to watch that. Yeah, Takam was a good challenge for yeah. uh, heavyweights, you know. He and... was better at first, but then, you know, just got hit a lot, you know, in the fifth and the sixth round. And, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's overall not a not really a big heavyweight. He he has mass yeah. to him, but he's it's a like big six heavyweight by comparison. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just strong. I mean, very, very, yeah, very muscular and that stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what uh, he has going for him. Now, yeah. there's, I, I, you know, I was just thinking, uh, there's this guy who somehow got a belt. He's with Don King. His name's Trevor Bryan. Uh, oh, he yeah. has a WBA. Belt, and I heard his name thrown around with someone, and I'm trying to find that story now. Yeah, me too. Uh, I heard of him, but so he was mentioned uh, as far as on the landscape of fighting someone. He has a fight scheduled, Trevor Bryan, that is for the 29th of this month at the uh, 
He actually Pat, holds Patrick Music Hall. The WBA title, that's quite r- ridiculous. But that's like the... Yeah, I know. That smaller or that regular version, right? Not <laughs> the super one. Yeah, I think that sort of discredits the belt, you know? Like, why the yeah. heck would he... Uh, I don't know how he pulled this off, but, uh, you know, he is with Don King. And I'm sure there are a lot of favors uh, <laughs> out there. <laughs> yeah. And who did he fight? Like, B.J. Flores and Bermain's Tyvern. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so he is going to, yeah, it seems like this card is going to happen. And it's a Don King card. Uh, and it's going to happen in Warren, Ohio on January 29th. So his opponent is TBA. I feel like I heard someone's name thrown out there, but I can't recall who it was. But this is the same card as uh, Makabu. He's going to be fighting and defending his uh, WBC title. Ilunga. (laughs) Yeah. So so I think there are going to be eyes on it just for the prospect of uh, Makabu fighting uh, Canelo next. So I think people are going to be tuned in to see what he looks like and all that stuff. He's having the rematch with that guy he beat before, Tabiso Muchu. Yeah. Like a good technical fighter. That guy, he's a rather small guy for a cruiserweight. So he got. Yeah, I haven't seen him. I haven't seen that fight. You know, I don't think I've seen their first fight either. But uh, yeah. Okay, so it's uh the name was uh, actually Daniel Dubois who was thrown out there as a potential opponent. I don't know if this is happening though. All right, I was just going. And then, yeah, Manuel Char's name is I see out there in some things as well. And also, uh, while we are in that division, Okoli is fighting against. Uh, oh Michal yeah, Lock. Of Poland, that was in February 2017. Yeah, so they were oh, saying yeah. like that he was gonna fight as a heavyweight, but now it seems they changed the plans. <laughs> oh, cool. oh, so that's not a heavyweight fight. No, that's like he's a a defense of the cruiserweight title. Oh yeah, you're you're right. Yeah, WBL cruiser. Yeah, I saw you had posted that article mentioning that, and I thought it was a bit premature as far as the move to heavyweight considering yeah. uh he you know he hasn't had yes. the uh the the cruiserweight the WBO title for very long. Yeah and I was like what's he doing <laughs> already moving up yeah yeah because there's still a few pretty decent fights to be made of course him and Britas would be an excellent one. Yeah I think him course. and Dordicos would be a very good one as well. Uh potentially yeah. some others out there so so it'll be interesting yeah. to see how he looks in this fight. There are, yeah, there are a few others who I would like to see. Just have to see. <laughs> I can't remember them right now. Uh, who else is out there? There's, uh, let's see. Oh, no, that's not it. Just a second. Well, oh, yeah, there so- is, of course, uh, yeah, well, Badu Jack, but he's you know getting on in age. Yeah, yeah, he's not a big cruiserweight, even no. though um, he's uh, fighting up there. I don't think he's a big 175 pounder no. uh, either. Well, uh, well yeah, that's right. There's that guy from England, also uh, 
an Afro-English fighter who is undefeated, Richard Riak Porhe. That's his name. Hmm. So he is a cruiserweight. Yeah, Pancho is the same height as Okoli. He's also six five, I believe. So ah, uh, okay. He is like yeah. I don't know if I saw him. Yeah, he beat a few guys. I mean, he beat uh, in his last fight a guy who was was like a fringe contender, maybe still is Durodola Olandrevaju. See, hey, so uh, this is why Boxrex ranking sucks. They have like Badu Jack already a top 10 cruiserweight. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Wait, like, what? Wait, like, what? Hardly had one fight like <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I really wonder why he went, but I guess he just can't make the weight anymore. But he's had three fights, actually, so far, sorry, as a cruiserweight. Well, yeah, that's even surprising. I, I saw the one because you know, it was on one of those thriller cards, but, you know, it was against an opponent who um, he yeah. was going to beat regardless. But he hasn't really fought a real legitimate threat at cruiserweight. Mm. But I do, I do like Badu Jack, and I think that uh, he's had some pretty uh, good fights over the years, and he's he's been one of those guys who uh, has been on the unfortunate end of some decisions, but uh, yeah. you know yeah, he's made a name for himself without a doubt. He's been really like uh, <laughs> I would say it's wrong. Let's put it a nice way. Once <laughs> against Pascal, he was really I just don't know how he could lose that because. That was also a car promote, promoted by Mayweather, who is Badu's promoter, yeah. right? So, and he, I just, I had him like winning eight rounds or something, I think, in a fight. So that was really. Oh, yeah, I remember having it uh, fairly close myself. Uh, I think I had it in favor of Pascal, but that doesn't mean that I was right. Yeah, I mean, also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there were a few others, but uh, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Against the Gale, yeah, that's right. Oh yeah, you know, and I saw Dubas. La- uh, I actually saw uh, Badu Jack's last fight. For some reason, I didn't. Uh, it didn't dawn on me that it was that cruiserweight. But he beat this guy, Sam Cross, who's uh, actually out of Maryland. I've seen him fight live oh, yeah. uh, a couple of times. But I knew that uh, Badu Jack would beat him uh, because this was a step up in competition. Uh, for Sam Cross, and he uh, made pretty quick work of him. Yeah, uh, this was in rounds. Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah it'll be interesting. And Badu never was a puncher at one sixty-eight or one seventy-five, so that's interesting. Seems like he's maybe gotten his power, like uh, yeah, let's <laughs> say maximized. Now you know sometimes that can happen. You know, I remember when Nathan. Cleverly, he had a few cruiserweights. Oh, yes. And before that, he you know he could hardly knock out anyone unless he was like really dominating them for ten rounds or something. (laughs) But then he had like two fights. I mean, they were against low level fight, but he really I remember stopped them both in two and three rounds or something. But that was weird, you know. Yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 I get what you're saying, but yeah, the true intent typically get ex- gets exposed once they actually uh, fight someone who is, you know, truly elite. 
Yeah, I can't get them out of there. Sometimes um, when you have to make the weight, you know that can also drain your uh, power. Simple. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simple as that. So I was actually looking, and I was looking at John Pascal, you know, who actually picked up that WBC belt over uh, Marcus Brown, but he hasn't fought since that. Yeah. Uh, Badu Jack fight. I don't even know if he still bless you. I don't even know if he still has the title. Bless you, because typically uh, individuals would have been stripped. Yeah. But I'm not sure what the deal is and yeah. what's Pascal. the outlook for him. Bless you, Pascal. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he's fighting. He's going to fight anymore. <laughs> Maybe I don't. Know. Yeah, he definitely should not. Anyway. <laughs> He's also forty years, I think, or almost now. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's definitely up there. Pascal has a pretty good resume in terms of uh, opponent's face. He has pretty much fought the who's who at uh, light heavyweight. Yeah, that's true. He didn't win almost fighters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he won that's a few. That's you know. <laughs> that one against Dawson. I don't, I don't think anybody was expecting him to win that fight. No, no, no. I don't think so either. Uh, Dawson looked to have the goods at that particular time. Yeah. So yeah, I know it was a pretty, uh, he was I would the guy say, who close beat, to an upset. Yeah. yeah, Dawson otherwise beat everybody else that there was to beat at 175. You know, even Bernard yeah. Hopkins, you know. So that's, yeah, that is true. Really, really talented. It's just that he liked that punch, you know, so. Yeah, it might have helped him sometimes to win easier. You know? Simple as that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That that ultimately, um, yeah, he kind of waned off there yeah. here at the tail end. I think he's still fighting in some sense. Um, wow. <laughs> I know he was stopped by that Polish guy, Fon Farah, also in ten rounds. That was like I don't know. Oh yeah, four or five years ago, or something. Oh yeah, yeah, I do recall that. Fun far. So, yeah. I guess uh, so. Dawson last fought in 2019. He beat uh, Dennis Grachev. Oh, Grachev earlier. <laughs> Coming back to Grachev, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think he's pretty much done because he's uh, had one fight in 2015, one in 2016, one in 2017, and two mm. in 2019. So he's all but out of the door. Johnson, that is. That's right. Yeah, the four far off five was in 2017. Yeah. Yeah, wow. 2017. Yeah, Andres von Farah. And now he's also retired, I believe, from Farah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He hasn't fought since 2018. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I guess von Farah is done against Ismail Salah. Yeah, he was iced by Joe Smith Jr. actually. <laughs> yeah, that was a heck of a knockout right there. Yeah. That's the thing. When you saw that Smith really has some serious power and he was able to do that to a guy like Fon Farah, who is a tough guy, actually. Yeah, he's a tough guy. He went 12 against Adonis Stevenson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, this one just came to mind, but uh, I don't know if you checked it out. I haven't been able to check out the fight, but I know recently Israel uh, Madrimov defeated yeah. Mikhail Soro, who was that that French fighter who yeah had a pretty decent uh, record uh, in 
Yeah, Madrimov, I believe, was able to stop him. Yet he was able Ooh. to stop him. Yeah, I think uh, I read that uh, Soro kind of protested that stoppage or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> or maybe I don't know. Maybe not. I I yeah. I think I did read that actually. But yeah, uh, I mean, they do that often. Fighters do sometimes protest when it's it's been a reasonable. Stoppage. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. seemed to be pretty reasonable from the highlights that I uh, yeah. You know, um, there's another thing. So I wanted to jump to this really quick. And I know we're running up against times. You know, we get a bit long winded uh, yeah. with these. But that being said, I wanted to jump to that uh match room release of their sort of lineup for the end of the year or for 2020 you know we spoke on earlier so uh highlighting on that sort of release you have the likes of uh Jesse Vargas versus Liam Smith yeah which is going to be taking place on February the 5th and that fight had been discussed uh like a year ago as well and it's just now materializing yeah, i think that it's uh pretty decent fight um it'll be interesting i think vargas this will be his first fight at i want to say this is at 154 it has right. to be because i don't see liam smith uh fighting below that right there now it is yeah so uh it'll be interesting i think that you know i i thought that anthony fowler would get liam smith or, or beat him i thought because he was a more active fighter and he seemed yeah. to be in his stride, but I was very much wrong. So Liam Smith, hey, he still seemingly uh, has the goods. So yeah. it should be interesting. I think that he should be the favorite over Jesse Vargas, who is a very good fighter. But I think that him moving up in weight, of course, he doesn't really have the type of pop mm. uh, at these higher weights. Um, and he never was a big puncher or anything, but – no, I do favor I Liam Smith in this fight. Yeah, he did manage to stop Saddam Ali, but <laughs> he did uh, have some power, but not major. Yeah, power. That's yeah, right. and Smith. Saddam yeah, Ali. I, yeah, I think also Smith is is the favorite. I think, and uh, he seems to be. I mean, for a while he was he was back to fighting like guys that were you know. Well, he did fight Sam Eggington in 2019. <laughs> he was fighting a few guys that were not that great, but now he's all, it seems like his uh, his hunger is back again, you know, to really prove himself. And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we're gonna see the long-awaited, or maybe for some long-awaited return of Daniel Jacobs as he's going to be taking on John Ryder in what should be a very interesting fight on February the 12th. So this, I believe, is at 175 pounds, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no, it's at super middleweight. So super middleweight, 168. Yeah, that's where Jacobs has fought in his at least last two fights um, for sure. So he's going to take on John Ryder in uh, what should be, as I mentioned, a pretty decent fight. Both of them sort of rugged vets in some sense, um, battle tested. Probably mm. Jake was a little bit more so at that sort of top level. So I think it's a it's an interesting fight. And Jacobs, he, in my opinion, has to look good 
considering his showing against Gabriel Rosado in uh, his yeah. last time out. <laughs> so he needs to look good in this fight because uh, otherwise his 168-pound campaign has been Julio Cesar Chavez and Gabriel Rosado in a fight that some thought he lost. Yeah. Yeah, it was a very close fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah John Ryder is a pretty hard, I mean, hardy competitor and uh, he seems yeah. to have also pretty good power. I mean, he scored some good knockouts against solid opponents, you know, in mm-hmm. in, in Europe anyway, <laughs> Patrick yeah, Wilson, yeah, yeah. And Jamie Cox, you know, those guys. And he gave, of course, Callum Smith a very tough fight, as as we know. And, yeah, uh, I don't know how what his shape is right now because that fight was. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400 horsepower Nissan Z, or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Two years ago, but uh, I think he will also give uh, Jacobs a really, really, you know, a good, I mean, good, good hard fight. With yeah, sons. he should. Yeah. And yeah, and I think that, yeah, I mentioned Jacobs needs to look good in that fight. We're also going to have on February 19th, Jaime Munguia against Demetrius Ballard. Now, Demetrius Ballard is a guy out of this D.C. area who's a pretty uh, solid fighter. This is most certainly a step up for him. I think a major step up, as a matter of fact. And the Munguia has looked as of late. Um, I don't know that Ballard will have enough to really get or keep uh, Munguia off of his game and from ultimately kind of honing in on him and getting some type of uh, stoppage. I could be wrong, but Ballard, he is a a solid opponent, but this is most certainly uh, a step up for him. Yeah. Well, I can't can't see that fight on Boxford, but I'm sure that will come up <laughs> anyway yeah Mugia is such an exciting fighter and I always follow him with great uh, yeah I would say uh, yeah. enthusiasm <laughs> and uh, yeah. he seems to grow have grown in really fine uh, uh, into 160 and uh, as yeah, I he's thought. looking looking good with uh yeah. El Terrible. Yeah. Eric Morales. Yeah. So I think he's got a pretty bright future still ahead of him. And he's still only 25, you know, so yeah. Yeah. The sky is the limit, as they say, I guess, for him. Most certainly. And I think he they he's, you know, been building his name, uh, especially in Mexico. So I think yeah. he definitely brings a crowd from what we've seen in the fights that he has uh, had. So, yeah, Ballard is 21-0 and 0, uh, with 13 knockouts. He has one draw. And as mentioned, he's a solid fighter, but this is without a doubt a step up for him. Um, he hasn't fought an opponent the caliber of Munguia. Yeah. But this 
you know, this will be his chance. Uh, yeah, you know, you, never test know. <laughs> you never know how good they are until they start dancing. How good they are. Yeah, yeah. And, and Ballard is uh, six foot tall, so uh, size-wise, he'll be pretty decent. Yeah, same um, height as for, Yeah, so that should be an uh, interesting one. We're also on March 5th going to get Estrada versus Chocolatito 3, oh, which wow. should be a very good fight. I thought actually Chocolatito edged out Estrada in the last fight uh, when they uh, faced each other. So it'll be interesting to see how things go for this one. Well, yeah. I didn't see the second fight, actually. No, not yet, but I will. <laughs> I will. I yeah. just have to remember. To <laughs> it's actually a good one. I think Chocolatito looks very good. You know, there was a mm. question as to whether uh, he was past it. I don't think he's past it. Um, no. You know, well, typically these uh, smaller fighters, sometimes there's yeah. much wars and stuff. Yeah. I think he still looks good, and, and he looks a bit more refreshed uh, yeah, it's just, now. He has, he's had many fights already, so like 50 yeah. something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's he definitely uh, up there. Yeah. Now, uh, uh, another fight Saturday, March 12th on this DAZN lineup, which I think is going to be a good fight, is Laywood versus or Lee Woods versus yeah. Wood versus Michael Conlon. I think um, that is a very good fight. Both of them have grit, and I think that, hey, this is going to be a sort of a test to see, hey, who is that sort of next guy there yeah. at whatever weight. I think they're, I think he fights at 120, is it 126, I think is what, uh, maybe featherweight, <laughs> let me check. I've, or I've, 130. I've, Probably seen both of them fight, but right now I really don't can't uh, remember. I think I saw Colin fight last time. Yeah, and Colin has looked yeah. good. He actually beat uh, TJ Doheny in yeah. his last fight, and it was for a vacant uh, interim WBA title. So this is going to be for the WBA. I'm guessing the regular world featherweight title. So yeah, All it right. is at 126. And Laywood, he, he he's or Leewood. Uh, whichever one he's looked pretty good as well. He beat Kan Zhu in his last fight. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was for I guess a version maybe the regular WBA title. So that's what's going to be on the line uh, here in this next fight. Mm. And I think it's a pretty uh, decent matchup. And if Michael Cunlin has the goods, which I was skeptical at first, but seeing how he, seeing what he was able to do with TJ Doheny, who I think is a very solid fighter, I think that Michael Conlon is definitely uh, worth the hype. I think he's a very solid uh, fighter, yeah. and he seems to be getting better. So I favor him over Wood, even though I think Wood will definitely be a challenge. He's another Belfast fighter. You know how they usually are, like very explosive yeah. fast aggressive fighters you know like Carl Frampton and uh oh yes yes uh well Barry McGuigan he's not from Belfast but he did fight in Belfast a lot <laughs> so yeah and I think he's training Conlon if I'm not mistaken oh yeah yeah I think that, it's uh McGuigan or was it Shane I think his son He's oh yeah, his player. son. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking something was going to tell him. Yes, I was about to mention. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking there was 
like another one. So yeah, it might be his son actually. Yeah, he's a pretty uh, well-known trainer in UK. Yeah, yeah. So um, also um, another fight, Virgil Ortiz will be back in the ring against Michael McKinnison. Cool. Or McKinson, <laughs> who's another UK fighter who yeah. has a win over Chris Congo, who's a decent uh, fighter that was coming up. Um, and that should be an interesting fight. I favor Virgil Ortiz because McKinson, he doesn't really have punching power. He has two knockouts in his 21 fights. Whoa, so yeah. <laughs> that means that he is going to be working to keep Ortiz off of him the entire time, which should make for... Uh, sort of an interesting uh, yeah. matchup, at least. That might be like a, a cagey, tricky fight. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, and, and we know that Ortiz has pop seemingly yeah, in well, both hands, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah. His last victory, I guess, was his most impressive one so far. Yes. He he, he dispatched of the mean machine yeah, in that was impressive weird. fashion as well. Yeah. Even more more impressive than uh what Terrence Crawford or yeah, Terrence Crawford. Yeah. You know, of course he beat him and it was a fight that, you know, he, he Yeah, that was like uh slow dismantling, I would say. Yeah. And Ortiz, yeah, I mean, he he's a beast. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a puncher. He's a seemingly a true puncher in the sense of uh, the word. So yeah, that makes it interesting. And then uh, another one that has been lined up is Kiko Martinez versus Josh Warrington. This yeah. will be part two. I can't recall. I don't think I saw the first fight, but also not not only that. Kiko Martinez now has a title, which uh, yeah. I think a lot of us probably weren't expecting at this stage of yeah. his career, but he's still battling on, and he's uh, he's battle-tested uh, across IBF, the time. Right? Yeah, the IBF title, yeah. Yes. Also, so Warrington is getting this shot. Uh, yeah. We'll see how he does. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if he's taken uh, some serious damage from the, that loss to uh, that guy. What was his name? <laughs> and we, Lara. Yeah. And, Mauricio uh, Lara. Lara. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, since he's not a puncher and uh, uh, Martinez, is, uh, that would be a pretty also potentially dangerous fight. But... Uh, I mean, Kiko is not the kind of fighter. He's not that uh, fast with his hands. I would say he's a uh, so that that should work in Warrington's favor. Uh, his hand speed and aggression and his stamina and all that should yeah. should be be able to wear out uh, an aging fighter like Kiko. But of course, yeah, he's got that that punch. Of course, that he always can win with. So, <laughs> you never so know. a part of me wonders uh, how Warrington got the shot over Lara, but I understand sort of that name value. Of course, it's going to be a bigger fight, yeah, monetarily with but, Warrington and Martinez. Yeah. But Warrington technically hasn't avenged that loss too. Uh, Mauricio Lara, because yeah. the last fight was a technical draw. Yeah, that was a, a shame. That fight just began began to really look good again. I mean, yeah. 
stuff was yeah it would have seemed that that would have been in line uh part three but of course warranting isn't going to turn down the title shot opportunity and i think he has a better chance of course of beating kiko martinez uh yeah yeah martinez is sharp war definitely uh has has been stopped several times and been in wars and but also another thing that it's unfair this fight is in Leeds actually <laughs> so yeah uh-huh. yeah I mean interesting yeah everything is lower <laughs> in, in Warrington's favor in that way anyway. so yeah uh, yeah you're right yeah let's see yeah so I think yeah from a money standpoint it certainly makes sense pitting uh, Warrington against Kiko Martinez yeah. because the draw, of course, with uh, uh, Kiko Martinez versus Laura wouldn't yeah. be quite the same. Uh, so, maybe that would have been even more exciting to, to see. But Laura doesn't have that, that same name as Warrington, you know, of course. He, he did make yeah. a big upset, but he's still just, you know, some Mexican guy you know, out there. Just another yeah. Mexican who took another world title from another <laughs> British British fighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it makes a lot more sense uh monetarily if they have that third fight with the title on the line between yeah. Lara and Warrington. Hopefully so when he have... gets past uh Martinez, you know, but we'll see. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah, that will happen if Warrington, of course, especially if he wins this fight. So I think he will because this is like do or die for him more or less. If he now, if he loses now, he'll be back like, you know, he'll have to fight some weaker opponents than before again being able to get a big fight. And by then he might be also spent, you know, because... He's a type of fighter who doesn't, they don't usually last so long, you know, those guys who yeah. just fight their guts out each time they fight. You know? <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and I'm looking back, and I guess I didn't recall this, but Warrington faced Martinez in 2017 and won a majority decision over him. Oh, yeah, right. That's right. He did. Yeah, twenty seventeen. This is a rubber match here. I don't think I saw that either. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> so I majority f- decision. So that is that. I assume that uh, one judge must have had it a draw. Yeah, I think first fight I saw with Warrington was his next one, which, which he yeah against Dennis Salon. He won by a TKO, a, a rare. A rare knockout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tenth. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have that type of prop. So I think he can beat Martinez with activity, which is sort of the best bet for getting him because he's pretty yeah. durable, but he can be stopped. But I don't think Warrington has the, well, at least it could be via, you know, accumulation of punches, of course. Yeah. We'll right. see. Corners, like cut stoppage or something. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Kiko is a tough guy, but uh, yeah, he has been stopped, as I said before. He's been taken out by Scott Quigg. I know he stopped him in only two rounds. But that oh, must yeah. have Scott been Quig. a really bad night for Kiko. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Scott Quigg, yeah, he 
Yeah, he he was out there for for a little bit, yeah. you know, looking was... like a promising guy, but uh. Frampton really ended that. <laughs> yeah, and it was pretty much downhill from there in some sense. He was too big for that division. Simply, I think I thought he was like five eight and fighting at one twenty two. Like what? <laughs> How can you make that weight? You know when you are. <laughs> and I remember he fought um, the Mexican one hundred thirty pound champion who uh, he ended up, Quid came in overweight and broke his jaw. Oscar Valdez. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember he had that fight. And it was a gutsy win before Valdez. But Quig did come in overweight. Yeah. He, did, uh, he I think, had a, like, Frampton never really had a big punch, but Quig could punch some, yeah. <laughs> I would say at 122 anyway. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, so he did, oh, he beat, yeah, he fought in, so he hadn't fought since 2018 until 2020, beating Jono Carroll, who I know yeah. lost to, um, Jono. <laughs> the Philadelphia fighter, uh, what is his name? Double, yeah. Kevin Farmer, yeah, yeah, I remember him losing to Kevin Farmer. Yeah. <clears throat> Some guys just fight too long, you know, and they so don't interesting. anymore. They still continue fighting, and yeah, yeah, you that's, know, that's always one of those tricky things. Yeah, sometimes when do you wrap it up? It's the money, and sometimes it's just because they really miss that, you know, miss the whole life and miss the sport. <laughs> So they come back also. A little too many have come back when they shouldn't have, you know, simply. Yeah, without a doubt. And you know, um, they just cannot withstand <laughs> that nostalgia when it starts happening to them in you know, life. Especially if their life isn't so great in retirement. You know, so <laughs> yeah, that can always be a, be a bummer, you know. Yeah. Depending on the fighters, some, you know, are able to move on and do other things. But for others, that ring keeps calling. Yeah. And that could be dangerous. Yeah, very dangerous. For certain. Oh, yeah. Uh, lastly, I just wanted to mention, uh, yeah, another one didn't think of at first, but it's big headline. Uh, it seems that Errol Spence's return fight is going to be against... Rodinus Ugas for the yeah. WWE title. So that should be an interesting matchup. It will have been Spence returning from that torn retina last time out. You know, he looked good. I think that's when he fought Danny Garcia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that'll be interesting. I would have, I think I've mentioned this, that I would have liked to have seen Ugas Crawford. Crawford is a free agent. Even better, uh, Crawford Spence, you know, but it looks like that is going to have to wait a little bit longer. And assuming Errol Spence defeats Jordanus Ugas and picks up that title, it would seem that all roads would be leading towards him versus Crawford. So we're sometime late in 2022. If mm. not, then I think it would be pretty much a shame if that doesn't happen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you know, that's funny. I was like, 
I know I heard of Ugas like several years ago, but I never thought that he would reach this level, like, like you know, yeah. <laughs> beating uh, Manny Pacquiao, or even if he was, you know, already past prime. But anyway, he is now in, suddenly in the contention to fight all these big names, you know. Was yeah, who would have thought? Yeah, I'm sure he's saying to himself, what's going on? Like, how did I get here? <laughs> <laughs> so, but he's a, yeah, he's a pretty skilled guy, you know, a, a Cuban, you know, so that's the skill. Yeah, <laughs> very much. He's, he's a tough guy. He yeah, can tough, certainly yeah. box. And uh, I think that he had a great performance in uh, dethroning Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. And, Really and does. yeah, the, the outlook is good for him. And so mm. I think just the fact that uh, you know, he was in with he lost a close decision to Sean Porter. I think that just throws an extra wrinkle in the mix. So Styles make fights. So so it's yeah. interesting. It'll it'll be interesting to see how he looks against Errol Spence <laughs> and um, mm. you know, even if it were Crawford, it would it would have been an interesting uh, matchup as well because he's. He's, he can be pretty sound defensively at times, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think that is, uh, if it ultimately materializes and is true, then I think that is a legitimate return fight for Errol Spence, and it looks like he's not trying to do any tuning up or anything. He just wants to get straight yeah. in that mix. And Ugas is, like, pretty, I mean, he's a strong welterweight. He's not, like... One yeah. of those guys that came up from like Mikey Garcia, for instance, he's oh yeah five foot nine. Also, that's a pretty good height for a welterweight. So, but he's not yeah. a freakishly tall welterweight either. Like you got some yeah. guys who are like six one, six two. They are welterweights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that is uh, crazy when you see that. Yeah, but yeah, it, it is interesting. It'll it'll be a, a very uh, interesting matchup, I would say. Mm. Um, just seeing Smith coming back, and of course, the question that everyone will have is how will he how will he look? And mm. you know, some guys have come come back from these sort of eye issues or whatever, mm. and we'll see if it's a bother moving forward for him but it all also of course him even going down with that injury took some of the steam out for some at least uh out of the potential matchup with uh Crawford mm. that along with the crash it's just like we've kind of moved further and further away from it but hopefully it happens here in 2022 and that lingers on in the 2023 rich it still will be an uh, anticipated fight, but it will have lost a bunch of that luster that it yeah. had. Theoretically speaking, it probably should have happened in 2019. Yeah, that's a pity, but yeah, I mean, what can you do? <laughs> we can hope yeah. that it's going to happen soon enough anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah, therein lies... One of the issues with boxing, but yeah. hey, it is what it is, you know. That's right. It's, it, it is what it is. Always a lot of politics, and yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right. So, shall we call it a wrap? Yep. Just we just passed one one and a half hour mark. <laughs> one and a half hours. So, if you're listening, if you're still with us, we got you covered.
Yeah. <laughs> so, all right then. Um, so yeah, we'll be in touch, in contact, all that good stuff. Uh, so thanks everyone who is listening. We appreciate you tuning in. And have a good one. The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today? You can feel the rush of a 400 horsepower Nissan Z. Or climb to new heights in the all-terrain Nissan Frontier. Light up the road in the all-electric Nissan Aria that feels like a sci-fi dream come true. The future will be great, but today is made for thrill. All you have to do is get in a Nissan and drive. 2023 Aria and Z not yet available for purchase. Expected availability is this spring for 2023 Z and this fall for 2023 Aria. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better? You really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great.